pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello Steve, I'm Simon Byron. Nice to see you. How are you doing, Simon? Uh, I'm excellent, Steve. It's not what I told you uh, just a moment ago when we joined the <laughs> Zoom call. I'm really, really tired, really tired. Um, but doing okay, doing okay. Uh, what do you think of the chair? I think it's absolutely beautiful you posted that on twitter already so followers of the followers of the at one life left twitter account will already have had a preview of this and the um 2d armrests well yes i uh you know that is the only downside to this to this chair um it arrived much faster than anticipated delivery within 10 days they said um, I ordered it just before the show, as we mentioned last week. Delivery within 10 days. They only tried to deliver it on Tuesday when I was out, didn't they? <laughs> that is eager. Isn't it? That's, I mean, that is within 10 days, absolutely. But I was expecting to take it to take a little longer than that. So I got it on Wednesday. Um, it's the most comfortable sit I've, I've ever had. I, I'm kicking myself comfortably for not owning a gaming chair sooner in my life. I'm 49 and I've never had a gaming chair before. Turns out all the gamers were were right, Steve. Who'd have thought it? People who spend eighteen hours a day in the same uh, same seat. And it is. I can see on the camera. It is a gamer chair. It's got that kind of shape to it. Oh, it's got a logo as well. It has got an awful logo on it. <laughs> so, um, the shape of a gamer's chair. In case no one's ever seen one before, uh, the the back. Um, the seat back actually sort of comes round you. It's almost like you're being kissed and cuddled by mm. gaming afterwards. <laughs> sort of nuzzles round. Mm-hmm. Do you like Mel Gissel? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's nice. Um, it's made of leatherettes, uh, mm. as we discussed last week. Um, and then it's got movable lumbar and neck supports on calls now, Steve. Uh, I don't have to hold my own head up. <laughs> I can just relax and just let the chair. Mm-hmm. Do you like Donkey Kong? Mm-hmm. Do you like Sonic? I do. Uh, yeah, I just let the chair just take care of it. And um, yeah, I mean, I posted a picture of how far back it goes, but um, you know, I'd be lying if I said it went all the way back. But it certainly goes far enough. You can go into recline, can't you? And it's more of Ooh. a recline than an airline seat. So just just for when you're gaming, you know, you like a bit of a. <laughs> bit of a recline so this um after the show i googled um this model of chair because we were talking about it and i saw one um so i paid 200 pounds for this um and i saw one being advertised for 136 pounds and i was like oh fiddlesticks i said to myself (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not i'm not over because i'm broadcasting at 7 p.m on a monday evening um Fiddlesticks. I'm going to have to cancel the Argos order and get the one for £136. Now, the £136 
um, has got garish green bits sort of all over it. So, um, I mean, you know, that's an acknowledgement that they know it's ugly, isn't it? If it's mm. if it's the same model, but with green bits on it. You've basically paid a 60 quid embarrassment tax there, haven't you? I have done, absolutely. Like, where the, they, what they know is that businessmen mm-hmm. um, who've, been, who've read the GQ article about best office chairs, it's a gaming one, businessmen do need to hide hide the green. Perfect. But it's good. No, honestly, I'm. It's so. I get excited coming to the shed in the morning. I do. <laughs> and I used to do this thing. I don't know if I did it on the show. I'd sort of go like this a bit because I was sitting on a on a cushion um, with a uh, on a very thin non leatherette chair previously, which will be advertised on Facebook Marketplace. I don't know whether we mention. Should I mention that my bottom's been on it when we give it away? Facebook Marketplace say that one life left was recorded here. <laughs> But I don't do that odd motion now that I've now now that I mean you know if you if you can see how my neck and shoulders are being caressed by gaming, imagine what it's doing to my buttocks. Welcome to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show, <laughs> and actually that is video game related. Your buttocks Ooh. and the gamer chair uh, that is currently supporting them. I don't think we've ever talked. Uh, talked as at length as much about any item of furniture, except for perhaps that time we almost did one life left from a bed in Nottingham Game. Well, City. let me tell you, secret chairs. That when I try and get um, a chair for free off people on the internet, they go, "Oh no, don't no." We've already sent one to somebody at at Company X, um, so I'm afraid that we can't give you one. That's the sort of endorsement that they could have received. Mm. I think it's a secret labs chair, secret chair, something like that. Certainly not as good as what, however you pronounce that one. With a capital T. I feel like um, uh, we might have broken some advertising regulations there. Maybe I'll beep that out in post. And if you want to unlock it, manufacturers, uh, just send us some chairs. <laughs> send us some chairs, uh, but make sure mine's got a 4D armrest, please. <sighs> what does the 4D armrest do? Does it spray with salt? Well, no, well, it's like four directions, Steve. That's what it is. It doesn't involve time. Okay. Um, so it goes up, down. That's one direction. Mm-hmm. Is or it? is it two? I don't know. <laughs> Left, I think right, four... east, west, north, south. I can't remember. Diagonal. Yeah. That's at least down. Maybe, f- maybe 4D goes up, down, in, out. Right. Why do you want your armrests to go in? Oh, uh, you know, so that you could just like that. All right. If, if oh, you I want to be, to be cupped by it, <laughs> you continue to be cuddled by gaming. Anyway, um, I'm fine. I don't have any furniture updates, I'm afraid. I have played some video games this week, uh, which is exciting for a video game radio show. And I have performed a... How would you describe it? I've performed a video game-related activity, something I haven't done for 18 months, but we will talk about that later in the show. Shall we do the news? assuming that we were that we were already in the news <laughs> all right uh how many news stories have you found this week simon uh yeah a number um i can i can start yeah there are a number for me as well uh but yeah but there's a pretty obvious one i think that we should lead with let's see if you oh, go, go with the off no 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 i'm not gonna well no, i was gonna go with the no i wasn't gonna go with that one but go on were you not okay um i uh, because I was so certain that you were going to lead with this, I do not have a succinct news story summing this up. Uh, but the news story, in essence, is that uh, Clive Sinclair, creator of the ZX Spectrum, uh, passed away this week, which is um, really, really sad news for a person who uh, was massively influential in my life, despite uh, never owning a Spectrum. Did you not? I... Um, yeah, uh, Terry Sad News, he was 81, was he? Sir Clive, Steve, mm-hmm. um, inventor not just of the ZX Spectrum, of course, the ZX81 and the ZX80 before that. Um, and then after that, the uh, um, the Sinclair C5, uh, other bits and bobs. Apparently, he was still inventing the week before he died. Wow. I know. 
So there's a, um, there's a vault to unlock somewhere, and maybe maybe the Spectrum Two will emerge. Right. I um the ZX80 was my first ever computer, um, which was black and white, one K RAM. Uh, we did splash out. Um, I've spoken before about how grateful I am to my my mother who was raising me and my sister single handedly. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, she got me a ZX80. Um, with a 16k RAM pack, and that was back in the days when you, you'd buy from John Menzies um, or Woolworths uh, computer books that you'd t- program yourselves and type them in. And the ZX80 didn't, so ZX81 didn't have any actual um, keys, uh, sort of physical keys. There were overlays on on a hard bit of plastic, so you couldn't, so they didn't actually move in. You could depress them, feel them that way. It used a language. Um, it was a, a specific version of BASIC. Uh, but one which school kids across the land would go into WH Smith's when they had their ZX80s on display or their Spectrums later on and go, 10 print, Simon is skill, 20 <laughs> go to 10. Actually, we're not all school kids don't that, sadly. But um, And then actually um, some of the cleverer ones would subsequently go on to being able to very quickly um, – input a short program which would produce <laughs> well which would reduce the spectrums on display to um, a cacophony of sounds and bleeps that the display assist- the, the sales assistants would struggle to turn off <laughs> magnificent happy days yeah absolutely um i didn't have a spectrum uh why not I've never had because uh my family were and are remain Stay together <laughs> <laughs> the uh the sort who had a bbc micro uh the government endorsed uh microcomputer and yeah uh we we had a bbc but of course all the cool kids at school had uh spectrums and i experienced the wealth of spectrum games because <laughs> of many 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 more on the spectrum than there were on the bbc micro which was uh, at least build as the edutainment computer, the one uh, which wasn't just for games, whereas the Spectrum, cheaper, and that was the one you had fun on. Um, yeah, I, I experienced it at the friends at the houses of friends, were blown away by the games there. Still massively influential, I think, um, and certainly so many game creators speak of it incredibly fondly, and. Um, and yeah, there's, it's been quite nice to see this week, you know, it's, and it has been super, super sad, obviously, but it's been nice to see a lot of people bringing their Spectrums out of retirement or playing those games on emulators. Um, have you touched anything this week? Spectrum-wise, no, I've not. I mean, like you say, it was uh, really heartwarming to see so many people acknowledge the influence that Sir Clive mm. had on their lives. And yeah, you know, look, I'm looking here at um, a Spectrum Vega that I was given um, a while ago, which has got uh, 1,000 preloaded classic games on it. Um, so they are there to... Uh, yeah, maybe I should have cracked that open. But yeah, you mentioned how influential it was. I mean, when you look at games like Downwell and Minute um, that came out, you know, last year, or a couple of years beforehand, you know, those are those are Spectrum games in, in, um, in everything but name. Um, almost um and so yeah i think when you when you look back at the range of games uh that graced the system and specifically the the work that um programmers had to do to just to squeeze every little bit of juice out of it how clever they used to get um yeah i is a really impressive machine and a really good proving ground i think for a lot of people that are still in the industry so uh he may be gone but his legacy will live on for a long long time all right, time for news story number two, Simon. Well, it's difficult, you know. How do you follow that? I'm going to do that with a story that not that everybody should be annoyed about. Uh, from the 15th of September on VideoGamesChronicle.com, Chris Scullion writes: the latest update for the Nintendo Switch version 13.00 adds Bluetooth support for Bluetooth audio devices. Until now, Switch hasn't offered native support for Bluetooth headsets, meaning players who wanted to use a wireless headset needed to use a third-party adapter. With the launch of the new update, players can now directly connect Bluetooth headphones, earbuds, speakers, and other audio devices to get wireless audio output from the console. 
Because the Switch only has a limited number of Bluetooth connections, players can only connect two wireless controllers whilst using Bluetooth audio. The Joy-Cons count as two separate controllers. Players will also not be able to use Bluetooth audio while the Switch has local, local wireless communication active for local mo- multiplayer games. So there you go, Steve. The thing that we were told could not be done has been <laughs> done via a system update. I have bought in my lifetime two Bluetooth adapters for my for the privilege of using hardware I have bought with another piece of hardware that I've bought. And now it turns out that it could have just been done with a software update. So that's annoyed me, but probably not as much as it will have annoyed the founders of um, video hardware company Genki that have built a business on selling <laughs> third-party Bluetooth adapters. They must be pretty glum this week. So I guess maybe the the £40 I've wasted is nothing compared to what this update will do for their business. But yeah, you know, a typical Nintendo fashion, isn't it? That They were asked about this uh, specifically when the Switch launched. They said it couldn't be done. And then they just sneak it out with an update mm. as if... You know, as if as if that's how it should be introduced. So, um, good news, it's there. It means you know an extra piece of plastic I don't have to carry around with me. But um, I wish they'd have done it from the start. That is frustrating. I wonder what caused uh, this to well, what caused this to happen, and also what caused them to release the "can't do it, mate" excuse in the first place. Well, those are. Uh, pretty half hefty caveats, aren't they? Mm. That you can't use it whilst playing local multiplayer, so you wouldn't be able to listen to Bluetooth headphones whilst um, playing uh, Mario Kart, and and perhaps it was too risk. They felt it too risky to uh, do that at the start, and then have to deal with a load of support inquiries and returns from people that assume they had faulty hardware. Maybe I don't know, but still, but still. All right, my news story from Eurogamer. Uh, added by Vicky Blake, updated on the 19th of September 2021. New rumours reckon, it says in the headline, Quantic Dream is making a Star Wars game. Continues, now released from its three-game deal with Sony, Quantic Dream, developer of PlayStation exclusives Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human, has reportedly signed a deal with Disney and is rumoured to be working on a new Star Wars game. Simon, how does that make you feel? Uh, two feelings, Steve. Uh, that's one of my news stories. So I don't know. Snap, great, great minds, <laughs> etc. Two. Oh, you know me. I'm. A, I like David Cage. Mm. I'm. Ex- I like Star Wars. I am excited to pre- press X to Chewie, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. Um. Yeah, this is good news. I think you know. Um. Yes. Uh. There are flaws with. Um, all of the David Cage games that I've played, but um, I, I have to say, so I played Detroit uh, Become Human um, last year. It was fantastic. It really was fantastic. And um, actually, um, you know, whereas, you know, so he's famed for these branching narrative games that uh, offer player choice and, you know, serious repercussions and, and, you know, previous games I think have been a little heavy on the smoke and mirror side. But uh, having watched some YouTube videos of people deliberately trying to kill off the characters in Detroit Become Human, there are plenty of times where um, choices that you can make can have a, a, a huge impact on it. So it'll be interesting to see whether he carries that along and how you know how much freedom he's, he's able to uh, use that sort of narrative device within you know a heavily licensed world. But yeah, I'm all for this. Um, it implies you know a, a single player narrative-based star uh, game set within the Star Wars universe, uh, sign me up. I guess he has as much freedom uh, as he wants to kill anyone, assuming he's invented them in the first place. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, so that's what you'll be doing at the start of the, the game. You'll be like, right, don't know that guy. Don't know her. Don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> They're in trouble. Uh, whereas, you know, Chewie, I think... Yeah, he's probably probably not going to be able to kill kill Chewie off. Um, but yeah, but I, I think it's quite exciting. I think it's quite a good fit as well. Um, I did also like the use um, Vicky's use at the start of the this by saying now released from the three game deal with Sony, uh, which implied some kind of satanic sort of um, cage that they were 
they well <laughs> implied a satanic cage. I didn't mean cage like that. It implied that he was locked in some kind of uh, some kind of force field that he could not escape, and he's now been released free to finally move to Disney as he's always intended. <laughs> Good. Well, I look forward to seeing uh, the results of that. Um, yes, like I say, all of his games have got problems, but I've enjoyed the ones I've not played uh, Beyond Two Souls. Um, although I do own it, of course. So there we go. Uh, Video Games Chronicle writes again. Andy Robinson posted on the 15th of September. September. uh, Electronic Arts shares dropped and then later recovered on Wednesday after Battlefield 2042's delay wasn't as bad as initially feared. EA shares initially fell following fears around early reports that Battlefield 2042 was set to be delayed, with multiple sources claiming the shooter was due to slip. The claim seemingly caused EA shares to drop as much as 7% to an intraday low of $135.84 on Wednesday, according to MarketWatch. The timing of the dip was significant enough for VentureBeat journalist Jeff Grubb, who first reported the delay, to make clear that none of the company staff were allowed to take, sorry, not allowed to own stock for any co- company they cover. However, later on Wednesday, when EA officially announced the delay and confirmed it wasn't as bad as expected, just a one-month slip to November, its shares rebounded 3% immediately following the publication of that news. Uh, I note, Steve, that uh, Andy Robertson's... Um, so he said uh, in the second paragraph, EA shares initially fell following fears around early reports. He links to his own report. Mm-hmm. Um and I note that Andy Robinson hasn't said that he's not allowed to own shares in company for the <laughs> cover. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not alluding. I'm just saying two things. Just saying two things, Steve. Completely your separate things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, that's a joke. Um, uh, not that I said anything, but um, <laughs> it's just it just shows, doesn't it? What these what what news can do to the to a. To a stock market that that um, that that can be a little nervous around video games. Um, I wonder who did make money out of that. Mm, someone certainly did, didn't they? But we're not implying not, it's anyone mentioned in this story. Certainly not. I can tell you what. It wasn't me. But I'd love <laughs> to find a way of having of being able to make money out of that sort of thing. So if you've got any ideas, well, maybe actually, hey, that's it. Why don't we become sub editors for? Um, uh, for video games chronicles, we can write. We, then we would know when there's a story about to go live, mm. um, and then perhaps we could do something about it. I.e., buy some sh- uh, buy some shares. Well, it's either that or um, take One Life Left public on the stock market. Ooh, and then can can we tank ourselves? Is it possible to yes, do that? Very easily. We've been doing it over <laughs> over a fifteen year <laughs> period. Is that tanking though? That seems to be slowly, slowly sinking. Exactly. So I, don't, I don't know. We'd have to imply... I, I don't really understand how this works, which is why we're not a threat in this uh, market. Uh, but um, what we'd have to do is imply something good was going to happen and then something oh, yeah. make something bad happen, or the reverse, right? So we'd have to imply we were going to get better and then get worse, or imply we were going to get worse and then get better. If feels like the former is more within our reach mm. well i did um uh mention that there could be some one life left news coming our way and um, i've done nothing about that this yeah. week so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not very good at this are we <laughs> ah well ah well all right uh my final news story and perhaps the final one of the section is this again by vicky blake and updated on the 19th of september 2021 something that we have talked about already on the show Cult UK TV show Games Master is back this year. The series will see celebrities, gaming stars and superfans all take part in challenges, races and epic fights. Uh, we talked about this, didn't we? And you had you revealed that there'd been an advert which implied, you know, all signs pointed to Games Master returning, but they didn't actually say the word Games Master. Well, now they have Uh, It's going to be a social first partnership with Facebook's Oculus Quest 2. That means it's going to be on the internet first and then it's going to be on real TV, assuming you regard a, in their words, linear play on E4 as real TV, which I 
absolutely, definitely do. Simon, are you excited? I was until I saw the details on the um, the format. Okay, tell me more. Well, doesn't the story mention, and I had to double check this because it, it uses broadcast uh, terminology, but there, there will be um, three times 60 TXs, uh, which implies to me that there will be three episodes of 60 minutes each. Oh, that's weird. That's too long. It's too long mm. for me. Um, I'm not watching anything for an hour, um, and particularly something that I'm not in. Um, and then I thought, is that right? Maybe it's 60 three-minute episodes. <laughs> and then I thought, that's too short. That's too short for me. <laughs> You're not going to get much covered in three minutes. So, um, you know, whichever way that that cuts, um, neither is ideal, I think. Why Why is it not half an hour? Mm, that's... Have you got the story open there? Can you double-check I've got that right? Um it does not say it in this uh, Eurogamer piece. Let's okay. see. Um, uh, let's just push on and assume I am right then. Let's assume you're right. One thing, though, mm. that it does say, which I found was found interesting. Okay, the press release says this. The series will see celebrities, gaming stars and superfans all taking part in challenges, races and epic fights. I've said already. And it goes into more detail. Through virtual battles across a range of games, the competitors will try everything in their power to claim a legendary golden joystick trophy. Now, back in the day, uh, a golden joystick meant something, right? As in, it meant something. Clearly, this was fiercely competitive. Um, Everyone wanted one, but also the idea of a joystick was a thing. These days, Mm. it's not really, is it? It's not, no. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to explain what one of those was. Yeah, I've just called it up the Channel 4 press release. It is three times 60 minutes. TXs. Um, unless that's... What does the single um, uh, speech mark uh, denote in in in, 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 in in measurement? Isn't that feet? Is that feet? So yeah. it could be three times 60 feet. Okay. That may given and given that we're going back to imperial measurement, <laughs> maybe that's what it actually is. Um, out of interest, then uh, while we're here, they pull out the fact that it was um, uh, the first British show de- uh, dedicated to gaming, and across the run became a cultural phenomenon mm. with names such as eh, and eh, a celebrity guest. Which two did they pick out? Do you think Simon Byron? No, no. <laughs> I'm not celebrity. No. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Celebrity um, well, guest. Well, it, so I'm thinking, is one of them a musician? Neither of them are, are musicians. Okay. Is uh, are they are they people who would have been the pages of Loaded magazine? Very well. One of them certainly. The other potentially. So, Melinda Messenger. Oh no no. Uh, uh, Zoe Ball. <laughs> Zoe Ball and Ian Wright are okay. the two celebrity contestants they picked out. Presumably the best mm. from a. <laughs> well, I have, I have one more thing to say. Uh, Go on. Uh, so it says the second part of the press release, or second sentence in uh, in this section says, but whilst they play, they'll be watched over by the all-knowing games master, famously portrayed in the original by Sir Patrick Moore. And uh, now uh, Sir Patrick Moore, of course, since passed away. So someone else will have to step into the weird cyborg helmet. Who do you think that's going to be, Simon? It's got to be Molyneux, isn't it? Oh, that's a Mo- that's a really Molyneux's good head peering down. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Or I mean, I was going to go for the more obvious Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Wouldn't it be somebody's on television? Uh, who's hot at the moment? Hmm. In order to draw the fans Ryland. in for their three, exactly, <laughs> violence as Games Master, so that we'll all be watching 63 feet <laughs> episodes. All right. Uh, that's it, isn't it, Simon? Yes. All right. Thanks, Simon. Uh, we'll have a bit of music, and then we'll be back with more of One Life Left. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry.
back and you're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We run on one of the greatest radio stations, if not the greatest radio station in the world. That's Resonance. You can listen to them at www.resonancefm.com, I think. Uh, And you can hear us live uh, on Monday evenings when we broadcast on that station. Otherwise, you can catch up with us on the podcast. The podcast is put together by uh, our very 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 professional production team that's basically me and simon uh, but it's also uploaded by our under caretaker phil if you go to www.onelifeleft.com you can see the show notes there and there you can find all sorts of extra information like the song that is playing right now and crucially a link to our one life left discord where you can chat about the show and other stuff as well Simon, how's your Discord life going? Oh, I'm on loads, loads still. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, um, yeah, it's good. I'm on, I am on a lot. Um, so it's just to mention, I, I'm going to post a link to the chair as well. Actually, if you fancy getting a chair, it'll be commission free. Don't worry about that. We're not, um, we're not Games Radar. <laughs> no referral links buried <laughs> exactly. in there. You've got to make a living somehow, um, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> Uh, just in case you want to join me in uh, the greatest ever sit, I would um, love to. Like I'm genuinely envious, um, but oh, unfortunately, it wouldn't fit in my flat. So uh, not even horizontally. Maybe, maybe you could disguise it as your daughter's bed. Good plan. Very, very good plan. Sorry, what were you about to say? I was about to ask you about the uh, the video game thing you did this week. Right. Yes. So um, I um, a friend of mine said the other day. You going to IRL? And oh yeah! I, I was like IRL, mate. I live in it. And then, <laughs> then I did a quick search, and it turns out he wasn't talking about in real life. He was talking about IRL, the name of the gaming event that took place on Thursday uh, of this week, which was the games industry in the UK's first big real life meetup. Um, since the start of the pandemic. Um, it was split into two sections. There was the afternoon section, and then there was the evening section, the afternoon session, an informal gathering in the Leak Street Arches in Waterloo. In the evening section, a uh, bit of a sit-down <laughs> bash with a, an awards ceremony. Which one of those do you think I went to, Simon? <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say this at all. Um you went to the afternoon one. Of course I did, because it was a tenner. And the other one was 50 quid. Oh, uh, right. Which is a lot more than... Um... Could you not have stayed in like I did after I watched Rocky Three at the cinema? <laughs> if, you, if you hid, you could watch it again. <laughs> and it was, it was in some railway arches with loads of graffiti. I would have just had to wear a fashionable jacket and bring some yeah, spray cans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been fine. Um, no, I went along to the afternoon thing, uh, partially because I assumed my behaviour there would have been exactly the same um, for the 50 quid one as well, um, which was to say I went along, I saw someone I know knew already who told me they were going to be there, and I went and grabbed a table, sat down with them, chatted for two and a half hours, and then it was time to be chucked out. So really, I could have gone to a pret. Uh, and bought 10 quid's worth of sandwiches and it would have been basically the same experience for me because I wasn't being super, super social. But it was really, really nice to see a lot of people there who were taking full advantage of that, Um, catching up with uh, with old friends, seeing people for the first time. I did chat to a few uh, people. I saw Callum there, for example, and uh, met a couple of people as well. So I'm being a little bit facetious. Um, Missed the uh, sort of, you know, purple lighting and awkwardness of these events of trying to catch the eye of someone you see uh, someone you've seen and think do i know that person is that someone i've just seen loads at these events who is it of course it happens a lot to me at marioki as well because people have seen uh, because of marioki rather people have seen me front marioki on stage and there's a lot of time there's these sort of quizzical glances where someone looks and goes they think i might be someone really important like, is that a guy who i've pitch to at microsoft is that the person at sony who's going to sign my next game and you see them just try and process it and then they're like oh no that's the guy who i sang total eclipse of the heart but it was about mario <laughs> Kart with, and then they back away i um i was unable to attend that uh, due to childcare um issues 
Um, I did, however, go for dinner with Callum on Wednesday and a group of other uh, people, which was great. Uh, a lot of people I hadn't met before as well, which was which was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but um, had one of the situations you described, Steve, where um, in the restaurant was somebody that knew me, and I knew I knew them, but I could not remember them. Uh, this was this wasn't, uh, and this was somebody else who was dining elsewhere. It was coincidence that we were in the same restaurants and so he or she came up to me um and said uh oh hi simon chat 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 um all right nice to see you again off off you go and i was like and i managed to avoid uh mench- uh responding with their name at all i had to go and look them up on linkedin afterwards uh just so that i could confirm who it was was I did it dominic it diamond it was dominic diamond was there um <laughs> Yeah, because we're because we're 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 first connections on LinkedIn. Me and Dominic. Um, no, I had to use LinkedIn as a as a little bit of a stalking tool just to con- and then I dropped them a note going, "Hey, oh, I was great to bump into you in the restaurant," as if nothing had happened Perfect. when actually my my anxiety had gone through the roof that they'd spotted it. But I got away with it thanks to LinkedIn, which is a phrase no one has ever used before. The best version of that type of situation happened to all of us, me, you, and Anne. At the develop conference um, in in Brighton once, and I don't know if you remember this because you were actually slightly peripheral to the story. What? But we had just finished recording a show, uh, you, me, and Anne, and we were at the bar, and uh, you went off to the bathroom, and I caught. That sounds like me. <laughs> it does sound like you. <laughs> Everyone was a bit excited, you know. We'd just come off stage. And we were stood at the bar in uh, in the Hilton, uh, and a guy across the other side of the room did that thing that people do at conferences, right? Where you catch the eye of someone you know, and then you make your way towards them, but you glance down at the floor because you don't want that awkward stare for about twenty yards, right? So you look at the floor, and he sort of came across to me. It was quite clear he was heading towards us, and. Um, he said, hello, you're Stee, aren't you? So he'd obviously not been to the show recording. Right, Stop. unbelievable. Right, unbelievable. He said, he said, you're Stee, aren't you? And I went, uh, yes, that's me. Um, hi. I am. I am. And he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I was oh. like, I, I was too sort of emotionally exhausted from recording the show to try and bluff my way through that like you did successfully the other night so i said no 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 i'm 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 sorry i don't and he went oh never mind um anyway how are you didn't offer anything didn't tell me didn't give me any clues so again is he wearing a lanyard well he did we were, but as is often the way swung the other way around hadn't it so, um so i was exhausted and exasperated so i just said sorry sorry uh, who are you and he said, I'm name. I punched you in the face at university once. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, my goodness. Then suddenly I did recognise wow. this man. <laughs> yeah, what, from just, his fist? Just, the shape? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming Back at you again. the job. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah. You know, suddenly I sort of reverse engineered his current look into his past look. And I was like, my goodness, this is this guy. And then four minutes later, he, he the small talk ran off and he shuffled across the other side of the room. And Anne's face was just... And then you arrived and Anne was like, you will never believe what has just happened. Well... I mean, in terms of people punching you or threatening to punch you, I've seen that a few times. <laughs> I've stopped a few people from hitting you. <laughs> um, right, and what's this person doing now then? Do you, I mean... Uh, um, well, uh, they were a, a senior director at a big UK games firm. Whoa, and they felt, though, that <laughs> punching you was the best way to introduce them, like to, 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 to re-equate themselves yeah. with you, or mentioning that story rather than saying... I'm sorry. <laughs> Rather than saying hi, I'm, I'm David Brady. They didn't. Um, they didn't add me on LinkedIn, so I don't know what they're up to now. Crikey! Well, if you've got any stories or tales about um, punching or almost punching Steve in the face, do let us know uh, by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. 
Time for the letters. All right, Simon, um, I think we may only have one letter this week. uh, What have you got? Uh, It's from uh, Chris Conroy, who has subjected our tape loading error. Dear team and sad Sinclair goodbyes, I'm a bit torn this week, as on one hand I'd like to pay tribute to the late Sir Clive Sinclair, a man whose impact on video games in general and me personally simply can't be understated. I'll tell you about the inspirational and mind-altering experience of playing Arcadia, the first game I ever played on my older brother's ZX Spectrum through to the fading days of a worn-out plus two a decade or more later playing the slowest version of multiplayer laser squad by swapping save files with a friend and all the great times in between. I could talk about the legacy of the bedroom coders and the fledgling companies that grew into hugely successful businesses, the experimental creativity, the coin-up conversions, the endless film tie-ins and flight sims, the magazines, journalists and cover tapes, random peripherals, the schoolyard games distribution network, the parallel universe where Sinclair won the contract to supply computers to school instead of Acorn, uh, all the stories and themes and memories shared and loved by millions, all rippling out from Sir Clive's strange little home computer. On the other hand, my children have recently discovered some Minecraft streamers on YouTube and that's taken me down a different rabbit hole altogether. Of course, it's a Sinclair tribute letter. What else could it possibly be? Your Clive celebrating correspondent. He then corrects himself, say that uh, it just with the same word three times, <laughs> overstated, 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 sorry. Uh, so he says that his uh, impact well, simply can't be Chris. overstated. I mean, we've already talked at length about um, uh, Sir Clive earlier in the show, but Chris did follow up on the Discord uh, with something else he'd like to talk about. He says... On last week's show, Simon started talking about okay. Autonauts, Octonauts, and I thought he was going to say that they took a serious look at licensing yes. Captain Barnacle's likeness in the game. What are people's favourite tenuous license tie-ins? So what Chris is doing there is he's, you know, provoking some discourse on the Discord, and if you want to be part of that, you can look at the, uh, you can follow the link in the show notes. But it's a question we're thinking about right now. Uh, Simon, do you have any uh, favourite tie-ins or um, tenuous tie-ins? Well, tenuous ones. Of course, in, in um, keeping in the spirit of the ZX Spectrum chat, there was um, a, uh, a spitting image game um, that was licensed on the Spectrum. Uh, spitting image was a comedy show uh, in the 80s, I'm, I'm guessing. Um subsequently revived um where they were the caricature um famous people with puppets um uh which you know meant that the natural uh format for the officially licensed computer game would be sliding block puzzles that's what they did at the time i think that was a case of um a developer or publisher having a decent idea for a game and access to a license and really not thinking uh, we, about slapping yeah, one on the There was the an other. awful lot of that going on in the early mid-90s. Uh, it was more the early 90s with just sort of licensed platform games and there's a couple that uh, uh, dodgy times that spring to mind straight away like McDonald's Global Gladiators or the uh, Chupa Chups you had in Zool which has recently been re-released and I know I think doesn't have the Chupa Chups in it yep. anymore. Yep. I don't think so. Did they not? <laughs> did they not stand the test of time, Steve? However, as a gameplay um, I- innovation, I did find out about game uh, a couple of weeks ago that I did not know existed. Did you know that there was a Russ Abbott game uh, on the Commodore sixty? Yeah, Commodore sixty four. Yeah, Bazard and Bond. Yeah. Okay, you made did by know Probe, about this. Made by Probe Software. That strikes me as a. Yeah, did I you did play know it? about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Yeah, I, can't, I don't remember anything uh, about it. The but Adventures I of Basil and Bond, yeah. A, game, a, a, a James Bond parody fronted yep. by uh, Russ Abbott. So, yeah, that's an interesting tie-in that apparently everyone else knew about and I didn't. <laughs> a lot 
of those early 90s ones. I mean, there were some gems there. I mean, the uh, yeah, people do fondly recall um, Batman, um, which was on the Spectrum, and but it was the Amiga version, which best because that had a 3D driving section. But um, from that, Ocean did have this template, which was platforming, mm. slidey, uh, racing, slidey block puzzles um, that, that, that many of their games uh, subscribe to. But they did um, a couple... There was uh, the Blues Brothers platform. I do game. remember that. I had that. Um, I'm not sure if you remember that. PC um, format cover disc. Remember that? Uh, oh, we've uh, got this. Was wrong that Ocean or, or Titus? We've, we've had a letter about of complaints about this. Yeah. Uh, I. Okay. <laughs> was it from Titus the Fox? Yeah, I think that was Titus. And I, I may have said that last time. We may have had a letter of complaints. Okay. About yeah, it. I think. Um, right. Um, Okay. Yeah, but you know, thankfully we are um, we are away from license. I mean, licenses was had such a bad name that when I was doing the PR for Batman Arkham Asylum, I saw an early version of the game months and months and months before it was announced to anybody, and the difficulties I had. Uh, getting journalists to give it the time, like to come to an event to go and see the first time we were showing it off, um, and uh, because they were, you know, suspicious of licenses. And look how that turned out. I think that's all we have for letters this week. If you would like to make our uh, letters bag bulge, then you can do that by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Or just dropping your thoughts into the mailbag channel on our Discord. Which is less succinct. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, video game radio show, the longest running one in the world, and we're kind of proving that today by basically just reflecting on the 80s, aren't we? And the 90s. Yeah, but not the 2000s. With with that in mind, Simon, um, I forgot about my favourite One Life Left feature last week, to your delight, but not this week. It's Simon Byron's Fast Five. I was so happy you forgot. (laughs) I really was. And the thing is, I remembered halfway through the show. I was like, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Uh, we haven't got time Simon for this. Byron, We're running late. Simon Byron, Simon Byron's Fast Five, five Spectrum games, go. Flight Simulator, Green Beret, Rambo, Chucky Egg, Impossible Mission. Perfect. Five. Fun. All right. That's really fast, actually. It's the fastest I've ever it done was. anything. Yeah, someone should uh, put a clock on that. Someone keep a record of mm. your your best fast fives. Uh, time for reviews. Yes. You seem you seem unsure. Well, I just wondered if we were going to talk about Marioki. We should do. <laughs> you say that like it's an intervention. <laughs> um, what did you yeah, do? Yeah, so we did. <laughs> We did Marioki uh, on Friday night at uh, Rule Zero in Hackney again. It, w- it was our quickest selling Marioki uh, since our return. Sold out by Wednesday before, which was great to see. And again, it was another brilliant event um, put on by them and us. Um, some fantastic singers, lots and lots of new singers. I think about 12 or 13 and some uh, brilliant veteran singers as well. And I think six new songs. Okay. Um, Yep. Uh, regular letter writer Weasel Spoon, our Marioki audio tech these days, he did a heartfelt performance, uh, a tribute performance to Sir Clive Sinclair. He sang your My Chemical Romance song, which is about Spectrum games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant night. We will be doing another event in October, of course. We don't know the details of that, but you know why it's special, Simon. Halloween. Nope. <laughs> 10th anniversary. 
15th. It is the 10th. Is it 10th? No, 15th. <laughs> I don't know. 20th. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... It's the tenth anniversary of our first uh, wow. uh, of our first mariachi show in Nottingham. Are you going to crack open so the we, original set list? That is one of our thoughts. We will be doing something special, uh, bringing back the original 20, uh, 28 songs. I think it was something like that, uh, and you know, rewriting the ones that have, yeah <laughs> that, that, aren't, that are no longer relevant. Yeah, that that need a little love. It was different times back then, then Steve, wasn't it? Different times. Different times. Uh, uh, Yeah, something like that. But we will be doing at least one show in October. If you want to know more about that, please uh, follow at Sing Marioki and uh, join the Marioki Discord as well. And uh, we'll let you know. It's a brilliant night and it would not exist, Simon, without your your first thought of should we do video game karaoke? Like all of these things, Steve, it takes, you know, teamwork, it makes the dream work or whatever it is they say. Uh, It was all of us together. Yeah, good. Well, hopefully we can arrange it in October so uh, all of us can uh, do it again. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Maybe you can make it. Yeah. Yeah, That would be good. All right. Reviews. Simon, have you been playing this week the game that everybody has been playing? I have been. I have been. Have you? I have also been playing that game. I saw briefly. that you had, actually, because mm. you're one of my Steam buddies. Mm. Uh, uh, we're talking, of course, about Deathloop, which is a um, a new piece of IP by Arcane. Uh, but you loved their previous work, didn't you? It took me a while to. Um, I bounced off Dishonored uh, the first time I played it, and then I did try a few more times. But it was I, f- I finished Dishonored last year, actually. Um, and yeah, once it got its claws into me, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's known as an immersive sim. Did you know this? This this genre know. of games. Um, and I think they, I think it's called that because you, it's a game that you can tackle in many ways. Um, so uh, yeah, this is the next in in Arcane Immersive Sim series. And um, uh, yeah, so that for those who don't know, it is a game uh, which um, you play uh, a man called Colt who um, starts the game being assassinated. Uh, by a very nasty lady called Juliana, who seems quite happy to be um, killing you. And then you wake up on a beach, and from then it's a case of working out what's going on. And, um, you know, what you discover, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, is that you are on an island um, which uh, has a reoccurring time loop. And in order to break that loop, you need to assassinate, I think it's six, it may well be eight, but a certain number of uh, visionaries within the same day in order to break the loop. Um, all the while, Juliana, um, who you've uh, you clearly got a relationship with already, um, is goading you, uh, but also turning up, sometimes as AI, and also, if you're not careful, as other actual real-life players can just jump into your game and start start shooting you. Um, so my thoughts, Steve, were that I mean I loaded it. It's got it's got a little bit of swagger about it. Very very stylish game. It looks very pretty on my PC. Um, within the first sort of half hour hour, even by the end of the first two hours, I was feeling incredibly overwhelmed. I thought I mean I knew I was enjoying what I was playing, but I wasn't quite certain I was grasping it all fully because it's throwing an awful lot of stuff at you at once. So perhaps this is a good place for me to jump in because that's where I jumped out. Okay. So I played uh, I think about an hour of it and felt two things. One, same as you, it's so stylish right from the start. Everything is really, really well delivered. I loved, for example, the floating text in the sky as you move through this. We've talked before about how it's one of the few games that makes sense, right? What a, a person waking up on a beach and not knowing what you're doing, because that is exactly the experience of the player. And you know, I, I thought they played to that so, so well. And it's beautiful. Like, it's so stylish. But as you said, it just kept throwing stuff at me. 
And I know that the sensible reaction to that is to just go, okay, I know that four hours down the line, all of this will feel completely natural and I should just not worry about it right now because they've tuned it for that. They know that's going to be the experience, but I don't like it. I still don't like that feeling. And in the end, I I dropped out. I'm not saying I'm not going back to it because it's obviously a phenomenal game or it feels like it's going to be. Um, But I dropped out to play something simpler, which I'll get to in a second. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm four hours in and and like basically what it is, is a roguelike. Like it's, it's, it's basically the swindle is, is, (laughs) is what it is. Although without the procedurally generated levels, you know, it's very clever. It has set locations that you can visit at different times. But as far as I know, you know, normally what happens with games is that the levels get increasingly harder and more complicated and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, you can jump into any of them at any time in, in Deathloop, although you are quite heavily guided in terms of which ones you should tackle certainly in the early stages about in 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 that order and it's about doing stuff in the level and getting out yeah so that's crucially like the swindle getting out of that level alive now you get two deaths and then if you die the third time um then you lose everything you can and the day starts again if you die once or twice then you drop like all the all the currency and the currency is what you use anything you find within your run can be um you basically spend an in-game currency to keep it forever and therefore so the idea is is like you pop out do a little bit bobs here and there you know don't anger anybody too much get out again having found some stuff um and then restart the loop but a little bit more powerful and and, and that's that's the way i'm playing it at the moment is that you know ignoring the fact that it's it doesn't have middle mid-level saves and so if you do die in it then the day starts again and i don't know how frustrating that is going to be when presumably you need to assassinate everybody you know and that the, the, each visionary is 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 either protected by powerful people or slightly cleverer and stuff like that. And I, I can't imagine what it'd be like if you kill seven and then you die on the eight. <laughs> I'm hoping that they've got a smart answer for that. But yeah, um, I think once you realise that actually there, you know, yes, there's a lot to to understand. I've been on the, on the, on the subreddits just making sure that my assumptions are correct um, or understand. It's like, hey, should I be in? Um, I forget what they call it. Uh, but but you know, sh- it's 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 suggesting that I can pay to keep this. And yeah, I thought I got it naturally. And then yeah, people are like, oh yeah, but that's just you banking money in the future if you choose to do that. So there's a lot going on. Um, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, but yeah, I still don't fully understand what's going on. But I think I'm enjoying it. Seven out of ten. <laughs> um, brilliantly. I was so absorbed in your. Uh your review there that I forgot to open open my Steam uh, account to tell you what this game is that I have been playing. Have you seen it though? It's a golf game and it's set on an abandoned earth. Yes, this is called Waste... Is it Wasteland Golf? Yes. Or, yes, there no, you go. You've, you've got it. It's Golf Club Wasteland. There you go. Um, and it is so, so, so simple. It is desert golfing uh, but with a narrative that's it and you can play it without um, so you have a certain number of shots to get the ball into the hole if you want and if you don't if you want to take loads you can just switch that bit off and progress through I think it's 36 different holes which tells you a story which I assume touches on why the earth has been abandoned and who the narrator is telling the story of this person who's coming to the um coming to the planet and playing golf on all of these uh you know abandoned and recognizable sometimes structures um it's just really really pleasant and i i don't need to describe it any more than that it's got a nice soundtrack it's got a radio station with little vignettes in it which you may love or you may find a little bit annoying in which case you can turn them off um i just think it's such a as someone who pitches games all the time that single line of yeah, let's take this other game and add a story to it. Right. Is such a good sell. And the game delivers on that really, really well. If you like the sound of that, you'll like this. 7 out of 10. Good stuff. We're up against the wire again, aren't we? We are. We've got a lot to say. And most of it is about, <laughs> is about things that happened a long time ago. <laughs> Feels like it might be a one-song show again this week. Maybe. Um, that, unfortunately doesn't make it any easier to edit. But I'm looking forward to that anyway. 
and I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next week. Good. See you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Resonance. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks to Resonance. Thanks to everybody who's listened today. And uh, please, like and subscribe. Is that what people say? Modern people? Uh, yes, it is. See you next week. Goodbye. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>